today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. With the uh, the gas prices have risen considerably with the cap and trade that has now gone into effect here in the province of Ontario. Uh, and we're going to talk about that right now because it's uh, it's sticker shock, I guess, as much as anything else. When you look at the difference in what we paid for gasoline, say, 10 days ago and what we're paying now. And uh, many analysts are saying this is only the beginning, that we're going to see a rise in prices even more than what we've seen over the last couple of days. Joining us to talk about the impact is uh, Ian Lee, of course, from the Sprott School of Business, professor there at Carleton University. And uh, great to have Ian back on the program here. First of all, Happy New Year. Ian, good to have you with us again today. Happy New Year. Thanks for Uh, having me. Sticker shock, I go past two gas stations on my way into work every morning. Yeah. And... uh, 97, I think, is what I was paying uh, about a week or so ago, 92, 93 in some places. Uh, it's up to about a dollar ten now, I saw yeah. this morning, and uh, and uh, on the way up from what we're told, Ian. Yes. What's going on? Well, I, we know the cap and trade, uh, and we understand the government's gone to great lengths to explain to us why they're doing this. Are people going to buy into this? Um, well, there's two separate issues uh, in your question. One is, will it really impact um, uh, our uh, emissions in Ontario? And then secondly, your, your other question is, will p- people accept it uh, politically? Uh, I've been skeptical, and, and I certainly am very aware of the, the arguments in the economic literature and research for uh, carbon tax. And by the way, it can be expressed very simply. It's really a variation on supply and demand. Price goes up, demand goes down. That's, that's what carbon tax is predicated on. If, if something becomes more expensive, we tend to buy less of it. So, you know, when color TVs, uh, large screen TVs first came out at $5,000, very few people bought them. And as the price came down, 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 more and more people bought them. Uh, you don't have to have a carbon tax. Market prices operate like a carbon tax. It rations something by its scarcity. more scarce something is, the more expensive it is, and the fewer of us buy it. So I don't have any problem with that fundamental logic. I mean, it's been around for as long as markets and human beings have existed. Sure. My problem with it is this. Um, uh, is, is that, first, the big picture, Canada is 1.6% of the world's emissions. So anyone who thinks that we're going to solve the world's problems in Ontario are, are just simply misguided empirically. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Even if all of Canada shut down and, and we stopped using all natural gas, all oil, all gasoline everywhere, we would have an, an infinitesimally tiny impact on on the world. That's the first problem. The second problem, of course, is our biggest partner in the world. Our trading partner is, of course, the United States, and they are absolutely not going down this road. So what we're doing is putting our firms at a competitive disadvantage against the United States. But thirdly and most importantly, Bill, this is what I really want to get at. The logic of the carbon tax is as follows, and it can be stated very simply. By raising the price, it's going to cause all of us to change our behavior over time. That is to say, we'll stop using fossil fuels, or at least dramatically reduce our use of fossil fuels. That is the assumption of a carbon tax. And I argue that that assumption is, in this context, is not warranted because, well, that normally applies to what I call discretionary goods. I don't have to go to a movie. I don't have to buy a bottle of wine. But I do have to heat my house in January. Uh, in February and March. I don't have a choice. If I don't, my pipes freeze. And so I have, uh, to use the jargon of, econom- of econo- economists, um, uh, uh, we have no elasticity of demand. Our demand for energy is not elastic, depending on price. We'll pay whatever the price is. If my natural gas bill goes up 10 or 20%, I am going to pay it. 
It means I will have less money to spend on other things, such as going to restaurants or going to, you know, hockey games or whatever. But in other words, I will take the money out of some other part of my budget. Uh, and so the argument or the implicit assumption that you and I are going to go out over time and, for example, with home heating, we're going to rip out our, our natural gas uh, furnace, which heats 65% of homes in Canada, by the way, and replace it with electric heat and electric wiring, uh, which I estimate by my own calculations is about three times as expensive for the same square footage house. And, and so that is just not going to happen. What we're going to do instead is pay the higher price, but not change our behavior by getting off of natural gas home heating, for example. And so it, the, the, the premise of the carbon tax is radically flawed. On the transportation side, which admittedly uh, accounts for a large amount of energy consumption in Canada, around 35%, I don't dispute that it's going to modify our behavior. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.